team. Welcome to the Freedom Hut, Monday, October 18th edition. Thank you so much for being here. Great to have you with me. Hope you had a restful weekend. We got police officers in Chicago and Seattle threatening to not come to work because of vaccine mandates. 40% of TSA agents in airports have not reported their status for vaccines with weeks, just weeks away for the deadline. Plus, you've got Gadsden flags flying from some of those Seattle police cars. Uh, Christmas is apparently uncanceled. Fauci says vaccinated Americans can enjoy the holidays the way we've traditionally done it all along. You've also got Superman removes the American way from the Superman slogan and Delta Airlines ditched the divisive COVID-19 vaccine mandate, according to their CEO. Uh, we will get into all of that uh, and more. Come up here in a moment. Thanks for being here, as I've uh, as I've been saying. Excited to talk to all of you. We got... Hardworking Americans out there, and they know that finding health care can be an expensive struggle. It can feel like you don't have any real choice at all. That's why I'm introducing our friends at One Share Health. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they're a nonprofit dedicated to helping thousands of Americans find affordable health care and support their members' communities through charity and volunteer missions. Their ACA-exempt programs are perfect for small business owners, the self-employed, or anyone who's just fed up with the broken traditional health care system. Don't worry about ridiculous Obamacare mandates or penalties. Get the most out of your hard-earned money with health care for just $115 a month for you or $239 for your family. Get $75, uh, $75, rather, $75 off your enrollment fee with promo code BUCK. Call 833-230-4455 now or go to OneShareHealth.com for a fast quote in seconds. That's 833-230-4455. 4455 or OneShareHealth.com with promo code BUCK for your special offer. Live well, pay less, see how much you'll save, and put the freedom of choice back in your hands. So we have Dr. Fauci upset with Governor Greg Abbott, who has taken a very strong, the strongest stand of any governor on vaccine mandates. Here's what Fauci had to say about this. Well, I'm not going to make an opining about my personal opinion of any person in office like a governor, except to say that from a public health standpoint, that is really unfortunate because we know how effective vaccines are in preventing not only illness for the individual, but for diminishing the dynamics of the infection in society. The data are very, very clear. It doesn't matter what I think or not think of Governor Abbott. Yeah, notice how he says he's not going to opine. And then he opines in a classic moment of Fauciism, right? He decides that it's time for Fauch to take a stand here, a stand against Governor Abbott, saying that you can't have any vaccine mandates. Private business doesn't matter in his state. This is what I've been saying would be necessary all along, because as of a few months ago, at least, it was clear that their plan was to mandate things. Their plan was to create a mandate for people who uh, don't want to get the shot, right? They weren't going to allow for a live and let live approach to the vaccine. Um, And that's going to only get worse, I think, if we go into a holiday period here where you have vaccine uh, failure, widespread vaccine failure for those who are at substantial risk, And therefore, you start to see the hospitalization and mortality numbers go up uh, dramatically. And then there'll have to be some kind of response 
uh, to that from the government. That's what they'll do. I, I know that there's a lot of uh, a lot of focus right now on, at least in the media, on uh, former Secretary of State and Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman uh, Colin Powell, who is dead at 84 years old. And uh, I, I just would say this about the discussion of vaccines around him. He was fully vaccinated. He had he's 84 years old and he had uh, cancer. So this is uh, one of these cases where you see this and say that there's very little you can. I mean, 84 year olds with cancer are are going to pass away sometimes. That's going to happen. And the fact that he died from COVID, I mean, he could have it could have been the flu, could have been the cold. So I, I don't view this as something that is really a part of the vaccine debate in any meaningful way. People who are at high risk should be vaccinated. We've always known that people at high risk who get vaccinated are still at some risk. And he had a multiple myeloma, I believe. And so this is not this is not going to be a thing that people should debate about right now. I mean, they should just talk about the legacy of Colin Powell. There's all the service to the country, which is great. There was the Iraq war stuff and some other things that I think people will want to discuss and have very different opinions about. But I I just I'm not uh, seeing the debate really over uh, what it what it means that Colin Powell, the vaccine, all all that stuff that that to me doesn't it's not really particularly relevant right now. What is relevant to me is that Fauci is saying now if you're fully vaccinated, it turns out you can actually enjoy Christmas. I believe strongly that it, it, particularly in the vaccinated people, if you're vaccinated and your family members are vaccinated, those who are eligible, and that is obviously very young children and not yet eligible, that you can enjoy the holidays. You can enjoy Halloween, trick-or-treating, and certainly Thanksgiving with your family and Christmas with your families. That's one of the reasons why we emphasize why it's so important to get vaccinated, not only for your own safety, for that of your family, but also for the good of the community to keep the level of infection down. When you do that, there's no reason at all why you can't enjoy the holidays in a family way, the way we've traditionally done it all along. Why are you listening to what I said a few weeks ago when I said you can't enjoy the holiday, maybe even Christmas, we don't know yet, Of course, I'm Dr. Fun. Dr. Fauci equals Dr. Fun. I'm all about making sure you enjoy your life and and all the rest of it. Uh, You would think. uh, You would think that Fauci would be somebody that nobody who pays attention would listen to anymore. But no, unfortunately, he still has uh, a lot. He still has a huge constituency out there. People who believe that what he says is valid. People believe that Dr. Fauci knows what he's talking about. And it's been uh, terrible, terrible to see this. By the way, you know, Fauci will speak out against Governor Abbott preventing uh, vaccine mandates in his state. But what's interesting is that Fauci will not speak out against or will not speak on the federal mandate and whether that's overreach or not, considering that even Biden himself thought that that's not what should be done uh, earlier in the year, or maybe it was the end of last year. But Governor Abbott is somebody who is taking a stand here, and here he is doing his thing. 
There is zero authority in the Constitution that gives the president or his administration the authority to mandate anybody taking a vaccine. And that's why we feel very confident uh, that the state executive order uh, will supersede the federal executive order because the federal executive order uh, is completely unconstitutional. Uh, We want to make sure that uh, our fellow Texans who have been forced into this impossible situation about uh, providing for their livelihood uh, versus being forced. Uh, to take into their body something they do not want. I think he's right. The federal government does not have some kind of sweeping power to make this mandate. States have basically any power not. The federal government does not have the power. The state does really have power to do a lot of things when it comes to health. And remember, at the beginning of the pandemic, we all had to go along with so much of this stuff, at least on a legal basis. Because if the state of California or the state of New York said, you know, we're going to do this or we're going to do that, unless they did something like shutting down churches, which was a violation of the First Amendment, unless they did things that broke into constitutional protection, what the states, what's open to the states, the states can do. And this is what I think Governor Abbott, this is the case that he's making here. So we're likely to see this continue to play out in the courts and get a lot of attention going forward. Oh, this was a fantastic moment. I didn't mention this at the uh, at the top of the show, but I want to mention it to you now. What kind of media do we have now? What what can you think? What can you believe about the the media as it exists today? Well, no doubt you've noticed that they will lie to you about things. No doubt you've noticed that they will tell you things that are entirely untrue. Uh, the or, or they'll misdirect in a way that's malicious. They'll mislead in a way that is intended to uh, bring people to the wrong conclusion. The horse dewormer controversy, for example. You know, people have now been having a lot of fun with a version of what I said, which is, you know, you, you could you could say that someone is drinking water or you could say that someone is drinking engine coolant because you can use water to cool an engine. Right. So if you're drinking water, are you drinking engine coolant. Is that a fair thing to say? You know, no. I mean, you, you could say to somebody that, you know, the guy was holding a trophy in his hand or you could say an instrument for bludgeoning someone to death was held in the, you know, in the uh, race winner's hands. You know, the guy won the race. Yeah, you one of those is obviously dishonest in intent. Right? A trophy could be used as a weapon, but it's not a weapon. And to call it one is unfair unless it was used in that context. It's horse dewormer when it's used to deworm horses. It is not a horse dewormer. So you see, these are the kinds of games the media plays because they're dishonest and they're disgraceful. And then there is the CNN ecosystem where they just keep doubling down and saying more and more stuff that's untrue and they don't care. And it's a disgusting, horrible place. It just is. It's really bad. CNN is bad for the country. Here is Barry Weiss pointing out these lies that the media goes along with, these lies that the media will participate in, play 12. You write, there are tens of millions of Americans who aren't on the hard left or the hard right who feel the world has gone mad. So in what ways has the world gone mad? Well, you know, when you have the chief reporter on the beat of COVID for the New York Times talking about how questioning or pursuing the question of the lab leak is racist, the world has gone mad. 
when you're not able to say out loud and in public that there are differences between men and women, the world has gone mad. When we're not allowed to acknowledge that rioting is rioting and it is bad, and that silence is not violence, but violence is violence, the world has gone mad. When we're not able to say that Hunter Biden's laptop is a story worth pursuing, the world has gone mad. When in the name of progress, young school children, as young as kindergarten, are being separated in public schools because of their race, and that is called progress rather than segregation, the world has gone mad. Yes. Is there anything that she says there that should be even a little bit controversial? Is there anything that she says that you would expect a reasonable, rational person to fight back against even for a moment? Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Brad Stelter, Came back with, well, who's preventing you? Who's saying you can't stay? Who's stopping you? This is the game they like to play. You know, they'll, like at CNN, they'll bring on a, she's not a conservative. She's just a, a, a reasonableist, if you will, kind of a centrist leftist. Uh, but if you bring on a conservative CNN and you say, you know, there's really a, a silencing that's going on. Or if you say, hey, on Twitter, on Facebook, there's a silencing that's going on of certain opinions, certain ideas. They'll say, Oh, but, you know, look at all these conservatives who are on Twitter. Yeah, the point is they shut down some ideas when it's really important. There is a lot of censorship going on. The the answer to there's a lot of censorship should never be, well, they're not censoring 100% of the things that they don't like. You know, you're allowed to say these things. What will get you fired, will ruin your life, will destroy your reputation, but you're allowed to say these things. And what she's talking about aren't even opinions. What she's discussing there are just realities. These are things that are true, right? But not according to the left, not these days. Whatever they say is true is what's true. When Tunnel to Towers Foundation sets their mind to helping the families of 9-11 first responders and our soldiers fighting the war on terrorism, they're committed. This year alone, they're helping 200 families move into mortgage-free homes with the help of your donations. That's a remarkable effort on its own, but that's not all the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has done. They've dedicated the summer months of August and September to honor those first responders of 9-11 with a tribute that allows us to never forget their bravery and sacrifice. Tunnel to Towers Foundation continues to honor and remember with a tribute set for, with a tribute set for Veterans Day next month. On a day-to-day basis, Tunnel to Towers Foundation dedicates themselves to looking after our first responders and soldiers. What other organization do you know that's making this pledge? You might, not not, you might not know the names of these firefighters, police officers, EMT crew members that answer the call on 9-11, but the team at Tunnel to Towers Foundation does. They are men and women, oftentimes with families. Support these families. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Do please uh, support them, help them, do what you can. It's a really important, really powerful organization. The Delta Airlines CEO has said that they're not going to keep going with the mandate. They're ditching the divisive COVID-19 mandate because they realize that that is a bad idea. That does not actually raise vaccination rates the way that they want them to necessarily without the attendant job losses and coercion and strife, shall we say. There's a lot of strife around these things. So... That's uh, that's where we are with Delta. Delta Airlines, they are not doing the um, they're not doing the mandate anymore. And I think there could be more uh, companies 
that go forward with this. I think there could be more companies that are finding themselves deciding in the last moment here that they're not going to do this because when you see what this leads to, it's going to be continuous shots. There are going to be more mandates going forward. There's going to be more um, stuff that is happening, right? More people being told they have to get boosters. And at some point, you just say to yourself, well, then, is this never ending? Do we have this mandate and do we have masks and do we have social distancing in the office forever? If not, why not? At some, there'll always be someone who could get sick. There'll always be somebody who could die from this. And yet, if we try to be rational and reasonable in our uh, checking out what's going on here, actually looking into the facts, the numbers, you know that New York has double the per capita COVID case rate right now that Florida does. Florida is, I think, 49th out of 50 states. New York has double the case rate that Florida does. Now, do you hear about that in the media? No, you do not. Why? Because Florida has been a target because of Governor Ron DeSantis for quite some time. So whatever they can do to trash Florida, they will do. Meanwhile, they're in charge of a lot of things, as you know. They're spending a lot of time and effort trying to pass this 3.5, 4.5, 5.5, whatever it is, trillion-dollar socialist uh, spending package. But the economy is not looking very good. The economy is not uh, working the way that people who understand it think it should at this stage. And the situation of the transportation secretary, a cabinet-level official, whether you agree with that or not, a cabinet level official taking the position that it's fine for him to be gone for a couple of months because he's on parental leave. I mean, he didn't have a child and his husband did not have a child in the sense of giving birth to. So I do think it's fair to ask, OK, well, is that a wise decision given the the realities of of supply chain snarl and all the other problems we have across the country. Is that a wise decision? I do not think anybody would. Uh, well, if you're if you're somebody who likes to be Buddha judge and the Democrats, you'd go along with it. You'd say it's fine. Here is um, Buddha judge speaking about this and being, uh, well, doubling down on the whole situation. Play clip six, please. I wish, at least, that this were something the Republicans could join Democrats in calling for. Uh, look, paid family leave is important. It's important as a matter of family values. It's important to our economy. And one more thing that I think is uh, uh, maybe underappreciated, uh, when somebody welcomes a new child into their family and goes on leave to take care of that child, that's not a vacation. It's work. It's joyful, wonderful, fulfilling work. But it is work, and it's time that our nation join pretty much every other country in the world and recognize that. Hmm. It's not a vacation. I don't know. If you own a small business and someone who has not actually had to go through the physical process of giving birth takes a lot of time off from work, I, I think it's, it's hard not to view that as the employer as something similar to vacation. I think that's... Uh, but look... It's more to the point here that the Biden administration is not particularly competent or on it at any level. Where is the success? Where is the uh, the upside here? Where is the stuff that you'd see and you'd say to yourself, oh, that's where they really I mean, yeah, sure. And redistributing wealth and making an open border. 
if you look at it from the perspective of what would be good for the country and what we'd want to see, what everybody would want to see for the country, that would be uh, that that would be one thing. But they have a very different view of what should be happening in the country than other folks do, than you and I do. I mean, certainly the left agrees with them, but they want an open border. They want massive redistribution of wealth. They they want to keep telling this lie that zero is the cost of the Build Back Better plan. Zero is the cost, they say. I mean, this is absurd. Nobody could really believe this. And, you know, the guy in charge, Joe Biden, if you're watching this and you're being honest, is just absurd. I mean, can we play clip 15? I thought this had to be fake. This is real. We have fewer democracies in the world today than we did 15 years ago. Fewer, not more, fewer cannot be sustained. That's why from day one of my administration, I've taken concrete steps to put human rights back at the center of our foreign policy and reassert our moral leadership on the global stage to lead, as Chris has so often heard me say, with the power of our example, not the example of our power. Yeah, so that's not really what we care that much about. I think there are other areas where we'd rather have focus. There are other areas where we would like to see them produce results. I mean, I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. You know, the uh, human rights is at the center of our foreign policy. What does that mean? We have more diplomats writing day marshes. I mean, hu- human rights is at the center of our foreign policy. What exactly is that situation as it plays out around the world? How are we doing that? How are we dealing with that? So... I don't know. Do you do you think that they're getting real change? Is, are things is things getting uh, things are getting much better in China on the human rights front? I don't think so. Where where are we showing these? They on in areas where it feels good to say things. The Biden Democrats talk a big game in areas where you can actually see the results. I think people want toys on the shelf, so to speak, for their kids for Christmas more than they care about this amorphous notion of human rights being at the center of U.S. foreign policy going forward. Yeah, that's that's not something that really motivates a whole lot, a whole lot of folks. So I think it's funny. That he's just not more, fewer, not six, seven, seven little chipmunks sitting on a branch, eating a lot of acorns on my uncle's ranch. Step into my office, Biden, you know, that's the situation here. This is the president of the United States as we're all seeing it. Oh, there's one more thing I want to say. There, there are people who are taking a very real stand and one that's going to affect them and their future around the vaccine mandates. And here is a Washington state police officer who is quitting his job. This was his last radio call because he is quitting instead of getting the shot. Play 13. This is my final sign off um, after 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington um, being asked to leave because I am dirty. Um, numerous fatalities, um, injuries, I've worked sick, I've played sick, um, we've buried lots of friends over these years. I'd like to thank you guys, I'd like to thank the um, citizens of Yakima County, as well as my fellow officers within the Valley. Without you guys, I wouldn't have been very successful, and you've kept me safe and got me home to my family every night. Um, thank you for that. Um, Wish I could say more, but um, this is it. So 
State 1034, this is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car. And Jay Inslee can kiss my... Jay Inslee can kiss my blank. You heard there. Uh... That's a that's a guy who dedicated his life to serving and protecting, and now he is leaving his job not in the way he wants to because there are people who believe that the only way to keep everybody um, safe out there is by forcing people, whether they have natural immunity or not, whether the vaccines have long-term durability or not, forcing everybody in the police department in Seattle to get the shot. Um, that's That's the the kind of tyranny that we are up against these days. This cop lost a job. Oh, I, I did want to mention this because I just, it's so interesting to me. Uh, Superman's, you know, Superman, the comic book uh, hero, DC Comics, probably the most, probably the most famous superhero. I guess it's super, Superman or Batman. Uh, Superman's more famous, right? Is Superman more famous? Right. Yeah, I mean, ish. I, I'm I'm more of a Batman, Batman fan, but uh, Superman, I think, is probably considered the ultimate but uh, the slogan used to be truth, justice, and the American way. Well, they've now officially changed it to truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Yeah, just just wait. Sooner, sooner it'll be truth, social justice, and the globalist way. Just give it time, and that will be the way that we're supposed to uh, celebrate Superman in the future. Thanks for being here, team. I appreciate it. We'll be uh, back tomorrow, same time and place. I will talk to you then. Shields high.